can I interest you in some intermittent fasting? Yes, have some. But how? But why? Got a three-part podcast series for you here. Going to break the three main modalities of intermittent fasting down to three separate sections. But the why is important. Why would you do this? All three methods of intermittent fasting show real big gains in biomarkers. Well, inverse gains. Biomarkers that are threatening go down and you have a better chance of staying alive for a longer period of time. Also, people, of course, use intermittent fasting to to keep score and lose weight. You know, it makes you attentive to what you're eating, counting calories to some degree. But what it does for your biome as a whole is pretty remarkable. In addition to the common things you'll have checked at the doctor's office, like blood lipids, your cholesterol and triglycerides and whatnot, big reductions in cholesterol, blood sugar, but also things that we don't look at and we should because they're at least as, I guess you'd say urgent when it comes to your longevity. And they are things like insulin-like growth factor or IGF-1. They are things like homocysteine levels and C-reactive proteins. And you get nice, nice reductions from doing these intermittent fasting techniques to the point whereas, and I almost hesitate to say, you can in certain methods, pretty much offset doing dumb things. (laughs) Like the alternate day example is uh, quite clear on that. You don't have to necessarily be responsible on day one, but if day two, if you tighten up and you eat a small, very small amount of food that day, and you go back and forth like that, people show, via research, people show great reductions in their hazardous biomarkers. It's pretty remarkable. So again, I'm going to lay this out in three separate little podcasts for the three methodologies. And at the end of the third, I also want to tell you an Achilles heel that is almost always overlooked that will actually negate the benefits of most of this effort. So you don't want to do that. People think they can have zero calorie things in conjunction or around the bookends of how they define how they're going to do this. And that is incorrect. And we'll discuss that at the end of podcast three. But in this one, we're going to start with the least realistic methodology. One I I cannot recommend and have never tried and doubt I ever will. And that first method of intermittent fasting is four days of not eating in a row every couple, three months or so. It's very extreme. There's newer research that says past the 36-hour mark, you start to have some systemic inflammation as a result of having no food. So this might be counterproductive and untenable. Like that's certainly no way to start. It's kind of more like, is it training to get in a in a plane crash and survive on an island somewhere? Like take a bus. Well, you can't take a bus to an island. So this method is germane for weight loss. If you don't eat for more than half a week, for example, sure. And weight loss is one of the reasons people get attracted to intermittent fasting, a major reason. But if you ace one or both of the other methods and want to try this to put it on your bucket list or something or take it off your bucket list, however that works, okay. Generally, as far as rolling out recommendations, we're skipping this one because it's just crazy. All right, the next installment will feature alternate day fasting. And the ways you can do that, 
in particular, the popularized 5-2 version of it, where you only make alterations basically to your diet about two days a week. And I've done 6-1 many times to success when I wanted to chisel some weight down. And my biomarkers, partially because of intermittent fasting, are ridiculously good compared to what they used to be. So we'll cover that in the next podcast. It will be alternate day fasting podcast number two here on Vigor Trending. Hi, monkey ball. <laughs>